John Maeda with a CEO Raider quick take. We published a Tech Today article this evening around the SBA loans. If you recall, the recent $2 trillion stimulus package included in that package was $350 billion of small business loans. And it's a, a, a bit of a mess, as would be the case with, frankly, any financial services operation. For those of you that have experience in investment ops, you know that trades don't necessarily settle on settled date, that it can be a bit of a messy process. And just think about if you're the SBA and you don't have infinite capacity, you don't have a massive and modern technology infrastructure. And all of a sudden, $350 billion worth of loans are coming down the pike. And you have to administer these loans with uh, your, your bank, your FI, financial, institutional, financial institution partners. And you have to do it quickly. It's sort of the mandate. It's naturally going to get messy. And so I spoke to some contacts uh, those checks were sort of corroborated what you read about. But just to give you a sense as to how messy, uh, here are some points, and you, you could read the, the finer detail at techtoday.com. If you haven't visited, check it out at TEK number two day. And you should also check out our new YouTube channel where we're posting our Tech Today podcast episodes as well as the CEO Rater Quick Takes in any CEO interviews that we do, which you should expect sort of one a quarter-ish. This show will never be a interview-driven show. Um, so with respect to SBA, first and foremost, when a bank visits the SBA's website in order to initiate the loan origination process, the website's bogging down. So there's a, a throughput issue with the SBA's website. Um, it typically takes approximately half an hour for a bank to get a loan origination identification number from the SBA. So one half hour per loan. So you can imagine how slow that is when you have $350 billion worth of loans coming through the, the pipeline. Um, the SBA hasn't really staffed up in terms of where it needs to be to process this throughput, right? So they don't have the systems in place. So until you get the systems in place, which probably won't happen on the SBA's end by the time these loans are administered. Therefore, you have to process that bandwidth largely manually. I know there was one particular workflow, an important workflow at the SBA, where six months ago they had five people in this particular work particular workflow, and when they were processing the loans initially a couple of weeks ago, they still only had five people. And I'm not sure to what extent they've ramped that up in the past several days, if, if at all. In addition, not all of the banks have a fully automated workflow with the SBA because small business loans for many of these banks just was not a core revenue stream. 
So administering these loans is a, a, a new revenue stream, new process, new series of workflows for many of the financial institutions. So the thing that I find surprising is that, and I don't want to pick on the Trump administration because I think any administration would be guilty of this. Somebody should have had the foresight to pair up the SBA with one of the, the large fintech companies that have experience in this area. So SS&C Technologies, which you've heard me talk about before. Fiserv, Jack Henry, FIS. There are any number of companies that play in the depository area that could have facilitated the, the processing of these loans because they have experience, they have domain expertise, they have technology, people. In short, they have expertise and capacity that could have absorbed much of the, what is today a bottleneck in this process. And, and even with one of those companies partnering with the SBA, this process would not have been perfect. To push through $350 billion worth of loans, and the, the, the initial mandate was that if the SBA cut a check to a bank, that bank was supposed to have administered loans within five days of receiving those funds. So a five-day turnaround is, you know, it's, it's, it's outrageous, particularly for a new process. You're going to drop the ball. You're not going to have a full audit trail. Um, record keeping is not going to be where it ought to be. That's a big ask. And today that, that window uh, in which a, a, a bank has from the time of receiving funds from the SBA uh, to having to, to uh, transfer those funds to the destination, it's a 20-day it's a, it's a window. So much better than where it was, but still not, not, not perfect. Um, so again, may, may, maybe, who knows, maybe the Trump administration will, will pull somebody in, one of the large fintech companies, to help facilitate, given that we're supposed to receive another approximately $250 billion tranche to the SBA as part of a another roughly $2 trillion stimulus package that will likely get uh, executed in, in this month, the month of April. And then the, the last piece of feedback, and, and there's more in the note, but the last piece I wanted to cover on this quick take was uh, with respect to small businesses, you're going to see the banks favor businesses who have diversified revenue streams. So I'll, uh, I'll give you an example. So, so think about restaurants during this, this COVID period. There are a number of restaurants that have uh, migrated to a, a curbside pickup model. And I can think of a, a number of restaurants locally where they have not only the restaurant, but they have a, a market, a market attached to the restaurant where people can come in and uh, do sort of, not, not takeout, but, but grab prepared meals. And those businesses tend to do well anyway. Uh, and now they're, they're thriving. So if you can imagine if you're a bank and you're underwriting a loan, and on one hand you have a restaurant that generates 100% of its revenue from doing table turns. It's, it's all in-store sales. Versus another restaurant that maybe they've reconfigured 
they were operational. Let's assume both restaurants have the exact same size, square footage, exact same type of food. It's you know they're carbon copies of each other, with the exception that one restaurant has taken the time to reconfigure its business, and they're using a portion of their physical footprint to uh, prepare and store inventory, and they're doing in addition to the in-store stuff. They're now doing curbside, they're doing delivery, they accept online orders, perhaps full straight through processing, full e-commerce. Uh, and for those of you that have lived through the, the transformation from in-store sales to e-commerce, you know that very quickly, your business model can get flipped on its head where uh, yesterday 80% of your revenue came from in-store, 20% e-commerce, but once e-commerce has been around uh, for a number of months, Pretty soon you're operating a 50-50 revenue split, and then within a couple of years or shorter or slightly longer, you know, you're sort of 80-20, 80% of your revenue is coming from, from e-commerce. So if you're a, a bank looking to underwrite a business, and you see one is, is growing faster, uh, has revenue streams for four or five, from four or five different uh, revenue models, e-commerce, curbside, so on and so forth, if you had to pick one to lend to, you're going to lend to the less risky operation, obviously. And if you're going to lend to both, you're going to give the less risky operation favorable terms. So I, I think um, you know, that, that bodes well for technology companies that can facilitate mom and pop businesses, small chains, you know, getting e-commerce ready. So whether it's you know the website guys like Shopify and Wix or uh, the payment gateway processing guys like Stripe, there's going to be a lot of opportunity in the near term to help these mom and pop analog businesses modernize and become e-commerce ready. So that's all for now. See you all next time.